0: One of the greatest decisions that anyone can make is to follow Jesus Christ. Now, once that decision is made, one has to understand that one of the biggest deterrents to following Christ is self. And in order for us to faithfully and successfully follow Christ, self has to be denied and neutralized. Now, this will not be easy because self is so used to doing what it wants. When it wants, how and where it wants. But Matthew 16, 24 tells us that in order to follow Jesus Christ, self has to be denied. Join us in part one of this series on denying yourself.
1: Good evening, good evening, good evening. Glad to be online again on tonight. We're here again, such a time as this, coming with another lesson or talk or however you wanna put it. Uh, Have with me Reverend John Mason. We're here just to share another word on tonight from the Gospel of Matthew the 16th chapter, and the 24th verse, Matthew chapter 16, we're going to look at verse 24, very familiar passage of scripture, very well-known, often quoted passage of scripture. Jesus says something about the Mason. He said, "If any man," then said Jesus unto his disciples, "If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up and take up his cross, and follow me." So tonight we wanna look at that. We don't know how far we're gonna get in the lesson. Um, but we'll see what the Lord has to say on tonight. Amen. Dr. Mason, if you don't mind, would you leave us in a word of prayer, sir?
2: Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for another day that you allow us to see. As always, Father, it wasn't a day that was guaranteed, when promised to us. And we definitely did nothing, Lord, to earn it, but because of grace, because of mercy, yes, Your mercies are new every morning, Father. You've seen in Your in Your eyesight, Lord, just to let us stay in the land of the living just a little while longer. Thank you, God, Father. We thank you for that, Father, and we truly praise you for being in control of all of that. Yes, I love the verse where it says it's you who have made us and not we ourselves. Father, yes, now, Father you know what's best for us. You always have our best interests at heart. Yes. Lord. So, Father, as we go into the lesson tonight, Father, we ask that you would just give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Father. And uh, we ask that your Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth. And once it leads us and guides us into all truth, Father. We ask that You illuminate us, cause us to see and understand that very truth that You lead us to. And Father, once we get all the knowledge and all the understanding from this lesson tonight, Father, the number one thing is that we apply it to our lives. Yes, so Father, we ask that You open up our spiritual ears, open up our spiritual eyes, and most of all, our spiritual hearts. So that we can feast off of your word tonight. Father, we ask that you would just bless us on the night and bless the ones that have tuned in to listen, Father. Yes, Lord. That we'll be able to say something, Lord, that would be encouraging, inspiring, and something that's going to help them in this Christian journey. We thank you for it right now. We believe it's done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Y'all, yeah, we're not lost, Luke, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, besides his priest, if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Stop, Mason, there's a song that just came to my mind. And the name of that song is, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Yes, sir. It says, there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its words. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It, said, it tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood the sinner's perfect plea. Tell tells me of a father's smile Beaming upon his child It cheers me through this little while Through desert wastes and wild Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. Because he first love me. If the truth be told, Dr. Mason, I can't always say that I've always loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. can't always say that I've always honored him and treated him the way that he should have been treated. One day, I met a man named Jesus. I, I heard mama talk about it. I know, you, you too. Yeah, I heard grandmama talk about it. But one day, when I took what they told me, mm-hmm. and, and as you just said, they applied it and got to know him for myself. Things turned. Things were different. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do the clubs no more. The alcohol wasn't important no more. I'll be honest. I wasn't heavy in the drugs. Smoked a little marijuana just because of the people I hung around. Right. But once I met him, that stuff changed, man. Desires were different. Thought processes were different. Life became different. Mm -hmm. And honestly and truthfully, had the Lord not called me to preach, I probably would have been in the world and a whole lot longer. Probably wouldn't have. I don't think I'd have been, came to Christ when I did. Right. Because like a lot of people, I was just going through emotions. Mm-hmm. Just doing it because, you know. And what you do? Go to church. You know, you go to church. And you go back and live the same life. I hadn't, before my call into the ministry, the gospel ministry, I hadn't did what the first thing Jesus said. <laughs> I hadn't denied myself. Self was still having a good time at church. Seth was going to church. Seth was in the church, but the church won't even in you. Right. And I ain't the only person there like that liked really. that. We just decided we're going to come clean. <laughs> going through the motions. That's what I was doing. But one day, I decided. That I had to stop going through the motions and be real about what I would do. When I look at all that the Lord done for me, I can't talk about nobody else, Doctor Paisley. I can only talk about what He done for me. I know some of what He done for you, but I don't know everything. I know what He brought you through. You know, you're about what you went through with cancer. They don't know everything. Right. But one day I decided to stop praying and to be real about this thing. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to be real. I believe you said I was a little old lady that you grew up knowing. One of her favorite sayings was be real or be (laughs) (laughs) sick. And I decided to be real. And what that meant was the things that I was doing, I had to get those things up. Stuff that I was faking.
2: Mm
1: Had not, I had, I had not, I had not, I had not denied myself. And Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Now, you know, and I know. It's not easy to always tell self no. It's true. And anybody that says it is is telling an untruth. I'll just be nice and put it that way. Self enjoys what self enjoys, man. Self wants what self wants. Self like what self does. self-enjoyed the life self was living that's why a lot of people are still out in the world today because they don't want to give up self they enjoy the parties they enjoy the sleeping around they enjoy the drugs, and as the world say we're going to get turned up I'm going to turn up this weekend. Heard somebody say that one time, I said, you hope you don't turn up in here or turn it up. Hmm. Exactly. But yeah. when I finally got real about this thing, man, I had to look at this thing. I had to look at it every day. Because it's a constant struggle. It's a constant fight yeah. that people won't talk about. I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. I don't have no troubles, you a lie. Job said man born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Mm -hmm. Some folks, well the devil don't bother me. Well, if the devil don't bother you, it's because he already got you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because if you don't bother him, he ain't gonna bother you. It's
2: true, it's true. And I, and, I, and I think with, with uh with most Christians or some Christians mm-hmm. that we don't realize that we're we're trespassers now. The uh, Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the prince of the air. So he's ruling right now. He's not in total control. He's not supreme ruler. He's not in total control. God has given him some control. And so he's basically sort of running the show. Um, One of the things that that get me more than than anything else is is sort of what you just said. Uh, You go out to the grocery store, you meet somebody, and... Church member or or, or, uh, another Christian, Mm -hmm. and uh, first thing you do is ask them how they doing, and they say, uh, "I'm doing good." You know, uh, uh, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And like, yeah, that's true. And then they'll use one. You say, "I'm I'm blessed and highly favored." You know, okay. I'm trying to figure out, I only know one person that that was said to, uh, and that was Mary. So we're in uh, there. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> that's another lesson. Yep, that's another lesson there. And then they would use the other one, uh, uh, to bless. To be stressed. To be stressed. Oh another anyway, lesson. Okay person tells me that I, I knew they haven't really read really scripture uh, when you think about David and uh, all of the great patriarchs Patriots yeah Elijah. Moses, exactly Elijah and all of those great patriarchs back in the Bible and, and uh, even Apostle Paul you look at all of these great men and you know women of God you you uh, all these people were stressed. They showed some form of stress because of everything that they was going through. Yes, sir. Uh, and so when they say that, they tell me all about that. I'm blessed and highly favored, and God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, and too blessed to be stressed. And, then, and as soon as they get through with that, I say, now, I say, I understand all of that. And you're right about everything you just said. I say, well, now tell me exactly how you do it. <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, Rev. Mason. Uh, what's going on is that uh, uh, my, my daughter, you know, she's pregnant, you know, and the guy she's with, he's no good. And uh, my son, he's, he's on drugs, you know. He keeps breaking into the house, and every time we look around, we got things missing from the house, and we we believe it's him, yeah. you know, because he's trying to support his habit and. You know, and, and and be honest with you. You know, my husband—he's uh, taking all the money, and he's drinking it up every week. He keeps getting drunk, you know, and bills behind, can't get. I was like, okay, now we can talk. Now we can talk because now we're in the real world.
1: Right.
2: You know, all that other stuff you're talking about—you must live in a different world than what I live in because I'm, I'm a realist, myself. Okay. And I'm not gonna tell you that everything is fine. If it's not, because the Bible says, "Although that live God in Christ Jesus, is going to suffer persecution." What did Jesus say about that too? Then Jesus said, "He says uh, in, this in this world you shall have tribulation." John sixteen thirty three. John sixteen thirty three. But he said, "But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." But he already told us what's going to be happening. So if you're living in this world where nothing is going wrong and you're not battling or or catching hell left and right, then I need to know how you're doing that. (laughs) Because if you're a Christian and you're a trespasser, and the thing is, is that you've changed fathers too, because Satan used to be your father, but now he's not since you've accepted Christ. So if that's the case now, then you can tell me Satan's okay with that. So he's not gonna bother you. He's just gonna let you go ahead. Well, I just, I won't bother that Christian. I just let him go ahead and witness to people, and try to lead people to Christ. I just let him go ahead and preach the gospel and, and quote scriptures all the time. That's gonna change people's lives. Yeah, but I, I'm not gonna mess with him at all. He's not gonna do that because the worst thing that you could do, which is the best thing you could do, is use the word of God to try to. Uh, uh, doing, as Jesus said, to go out into the edges and the highways and compel men and women to come in. And so when, when we look at that, uh, we, we look at uh, Christians who, who should admit that this thing is a struggle. The uh, life between the flesh and the spirit is very much alive. And if a person would basically read uh, Galatians 5, again begin with verse 16, where he talks us, tells us to walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you start looking at it, you begin to see all of these works of the flesh that are relevant in your life today.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The struggle, you know, he talks about sexual sins, sins of society, and spiritual sins, you know, all the down, which every Christian is dealing with in this struggle. Right. All right. And so you, you've got the poor of the flesh, the old man who doesn't want to die, who's had you for so many years, mm-hmm. yeah, versus the Spirit of God now, that wants to have control also of your life. But you've got this battle going on. A tug of war. And that's exactly what it is. It's a tug of war. And, 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 and as we always say, Whichever one you feed the most is going to be the one that wins. And so when I look at us in this struggle, uh, where he talks about denying ourselves. You oh, know? Self. Mm. Self wants to be satisfied. And, and, and when you look at self, you, you, you look at the flesh, you... You, you, you look at that Galatians 5 and, and, and 16 and, and and talks about how wars against one another, you know, they, they're warring for your mind. They're, they're warring for your, your body appetite. They, they, you have all these different types of sins that, that Paul has put in a category when I mean, you look at the spiritual sins, the uh, sins that people commit in society, and, and, and then the, the sexual sins. All of these things are prevalent in people's lives, especially the Christians, and we struggle with them each and every day. A lot of times, we're not going to admit it because we've got people that look at us as supposed to be in this righteous Christian, which we are righteous. God has made us, you know, we, we are righteous. All right, so, but they look at us as the type of person that does not supposed to made
1: Hold up a second. Now stick a pen in tight person, not supposed to associate, because we got to back up just a little bit. All right. Now you first said, if any man will come after me. Okay. So let's let, 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 let back up to that. That's us back up. I jumped to, to the denying myself right. too quick. But what made you come after him? What, what was it that you said, I enough?
2: Well, to, to be honest with you, uh, and and this is different for everybody. Yes, sir. Um, I've always realized, ever since I was young, that there was a call in my life. Okay. Um, didn't know exactly what the call was, uh, but I knew that God was dealing with me. You know, I was raised up in a Christian home. Uh, Mom and Dad took us to church every Sunday. And uh, my dad, uh, I think he missed his call he was supposed to be a preacher. Uh, uh, some kind of way he got kind of detoured. and didn't, you know, didn't pan out for him. But, uh, but raised up in a Christian home, man, I always knew. Uh, from a young young age, uh, about God, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, mom kept us in the church, made us go to Sunday school, even sometimes when they would they didn't make it, we still went. Uh, but coming up, uh, God just began to deal with me, you know. Uh, a lot of times I was coming home from school and I would go. Uh, you know and back then you know uh, things weren't as bad as it was so if you uh, at a young age you know you could stay in the house by yourself and you have to worry about anybody breaking in on you or the law getting you right. because your parents got you there as young as you are but uh, a lot of my friends wanted me to come outside and play and uh, I would want to stay in and read my Bible you know I just had this I guess you could say calling, or just 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 me, you know, to read scripture. And so that's what I would do. I would go in the house and sit down and, and uh, open my Bible. And, and for some reason, I would always open it up to the book of Revelation. And I started reading the revelation about the things that are gonna happen, man, and tears just just start flowing. I, I didn't understand it. You know, Uh, I just know I felt a certain way, and uh, and the tears would flow. And so, every time I would read, I sit down at my favorite chair. I sit down and start reading. Tears flow every time. And uh, and that's what I've done for many years, man. I would just come home from school instead of going out playing first. I would make sure I read scripture first. And uh, as time went on. And, and it's a long story, man. You know, as time went on, I realized that that was a calling on my life. And uh, one day, after I got older, sitting in church, and as people would say, the spirit was high in the mm-hmm. church. And my wife was uh, was there that day, and uh, she said, said, baby, the church looked like it's foggy. You know, say it just looked like a, a, a clouds in the church that specific day." uh and uh and she said uh, she she saw it you know it looked like a like a cloud and and, and i and i i thought about it you know she was right that day you know so we were playing i was playing guitar you know the band you know we was all playing and having a good time you know and uh all of a sudden just out of nowhere It's like me and you talking right now, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and I hear your voice just as clear as day. I heard a voice say, how many more souls will be lost because of your slow friends? Man, I looked around, started looking, didn't see nothing, but I heard the voice. Just as plain as day as me and you sitting here talking right now. You're
1: a Damascus River.
2: And I never, exactly, its almost like a Damascus rural experience, exactly. And uh, and like I said, I always knew I had to call, but I uh, didn't know exactly what it was. But that particular day, when that voice, then nobody else heard the voice. All the other musicians around me, nobody else heard the voice from me. And so once I heard that voice, Church. When church was over, I went back to see the pastor. And as soon as I walked in, off I say, "Pastor, I didn't need to talk to you." She said, uh, "I already know what it is." I said, "You already know?" Said, yeah. I said, "How do you know what it is?" And I haven't told you yet. She said, "I already know." She said, "He talked to you." Didn't. How she knew? I couldn't tell. You.
1: Well, your story and mine is totally different. (laughs) Because unlike most of these dudes, I was out there running the streets. Mm -hmm. When I lived here in Charlotte in the... I think like 89 to 92. Oh, man. Clubs from Wednesday to Saturday. Working, ripping and running doing ever and anything I wanted to do. nothing about And for some reason, crime was picking up up here. People were just shooting, you know, that always going on in Charlotte. But at that particular time, it was like unusually high. And I ended up back up in Waysbury, nothing going on there, so. I didn't know that the Lord was ordering my steps, right? But God knew He was doing. So He got me out of an area that I was comfortable in to somewhere I like to say where I could finally hear from hear Him, right? Because all the noise and your favorite word, the distractions, going on kept me from hearing Him. Right. And when I got out there, I didn't know nobody but my brother. Want a lot of things to do. As a matter of fact, I said I never live out there. Because I went to visit one time. That place was too slow for me. <laughs> but God got away of getting you right where he wants you to be. It's true. And I was out there for a while and I started just feeling I need to go to church. I need to go to church. Because I took my vacation like you, church. And we say it all the time. Sub so to sundowns when we went to church sometime. When I got old enough, I took a break. <clears throat> but like I said, when it's in you, it comes back. And I would go to the mall, and I'd just start a conversation and ask somebody what's the church to go to. And they told me, so I'd visit this one, and I'd visit that one. And I started the job, and a guy was working with me. He told me about the church he went to, so I finally visited. And it was actually during Black History Month. And that man was preaching so hard, and I had an earring in my ear. You mm-hmm. see the old still there. That man was preaching so hard, and got to talking about men with ponytails, and earrings, and flashy cars, and not taking care of the kids. I had not no kids at that time. He said something about the only thing I ever seen with an earring and a ponytail was a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just worked the way he said The Revelation, in one motion, I, put, I said, A-shum! When I came back up, here we were gone. Right. Never been back in. Yeah. But he was preaching, and that preaching connected with me. Right. So eventually I joined the church and had talked with him. And he was one of those preachers that preached all over the country. Mm-hmm. Gone all the time. He kept telling the secretary, tell him he would keep rescheduling me. He said, tell him we're going to talk. Tell him we're going to do this. Tell him, said, tell him, just hold on, be patient. And so, you know, I'm just sitting there waiting to talk to him. And one night, and I started going to Sunday school, started going to Bible study. And I'm ashamed to say this, but the guy that told me to go to the church, he said, I there's a lot of women in the church. And I like, all right, I'm okay. there. <laughs> and uh, he was walking and teaching that Sunday. He said, some folk ain't here for the right reason. And I didn't explain that. He just kept going on. Some people here this, some people hear that. And he stopped by me and put his hand on my chest and said, some people came for the women, but the Lord called him to preach. Ain't that right, young man? I'm like, really? That's how you're going to do this? <laughs> that's how he introduced to the church that I had been called to preach. Right? And that's how God is. Yep. And there's a cost to following Jesus. But... When I finally got tired of living the life I was living. so you, go. you got to have a desire for Christ. There you go. Because you either have a desire for the world, or you have a desire for Christ. Mm-hmm. You can't have both. Right. Two ways, two roads. You only have one or the other. Yeah. So, I had all of a sudden, I desire for Jesus. I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to learn more about him. So I, I did. I started going to Sunday school. And it was at that point in time when I really learned about God and I learned about Jesus. Because mm-hmm. one Sunday that pastor preached a sermon, the introduction of God. Then the next Sunday he preached the sermon, the introduction of Jesus. And he made it so plain. Right. So I wanted to know more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So in order to come after him, you first gotta have a desire. Because if you're gonna come after Christ, you got to leave who you were hanging out with. It's true. And you were only hanging out with the devil. So you can't have them both. And see, so you know what you've heard in those some people try to run with the devil and hold, hand, or walk with God and hold, run with the devil, something like that. Right. You can't do them both. That's true. They're in that struggle that we're going to get to. Right? right. But there's got to be this, this desire that you want to leave the ways of the world mm-hmm. and come find out about this Jesus. That's true. The one that mama saw about and talked about and told me I needed to get to know him. I'm going to try to hear that, day. One grandmama told me about. I'm not trying to hear none of that. I was enjoying what I was doing. It's true. Having fun doing what I was doing. And like you said, people get up and testify. And one thing I hated, I stayed in my miserable world of sin so long. What if it was so miserable, why you stay in it so long? God right. would. Right. Sin is not, it's miserable, but it's not miserable to the flesh. Right. The flesh enjoys sin, that's why people sing. Because the, the flesh is satisfied. But the spirit is not.
2: That's true.
1: And some people turn the spirit off because they have not turned on their desire for God. they are call on them when they need it. Right. Lord, help me. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise you I'll go to church. I won't do this, I won't do that. <laughs> He's just like a hop, A spiritual Santa Claus, as somebody would say. Mm-hmm. But that, you got to have a desire for Christ, and that desire has to be real. you got to understand that you got to turn your back on the world and turn to Christ. It's true. And it's not going to be easy. That's true. But it's worth it. Amen. It's worth it. He said, if any man will come after me. Now look who you're coming after. True. The Son of the Most High God. You're coming after the one that was in the beginning when the beginning was begun. You're coming after the one that the Word says all things were made by Him. You're coming after the one that, let me just go and cut across the field, ended up on Calvary's cross mm-hmm. so that our souls wouldn't be lost. You're coming after the healer, friend, a provider, a doctor, a lawyer, a peace giver, a shelter, a bridge. It's true. Look at all he is. That's who you're coming after. Right. He said, if any man will come after me, here we go. Let him deny himself. Not easy. What Paul said in Romans 7, what I would do.
2: Evil is always present.
1: The good that I would do, mm-hmm. I do not. The evil that I would not do, that That's I do. Where I, live. Yeah. I don't understand this thing. Because mm-hmm. there's that, that tug of war, that spiritual tug of war. The flesh and the spirit fighting for it. And the sad thing is a lot of people are going to let the flesh win. Yeah. Yeah. Because they live in a constant state of gratifying the flesh. Yeah. Thank you. Paul even says this is a hard thing. Paul said, I die daily. I beat my body into some chase. Mm-hmm. Plus, I tell the man, no, go, go sit down. You ain't going nowhere. Sometimes I wanted to go somewhere and i no, you don't need to go there. Nothing good don't come out of it. And it ain't always easy to say no, but it's always beneficial. Right. You leave some trouble behind when you say no. Then now myself, self like to do what self want to do. Self know how to cuss. Yeah. Self don't want to say God bless you when somebody cuss you out. Mm-hmm. Self don't want to put the hands in the pocket when somebody strike you on one cheek and say, Hey, you missed this one. Not self. Self want to show you, yeah, I know how to throw hands too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can retaliate back. Self huh. don't always think holy folk was robbing around talking about I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. Got some of the craziest stuff running through their mind. But if we could see people mind, yeah. we'll see what they would think. Self got issues. Self sure. got problems. Sure. Self want to go back out sometime. Self want to go see people who self ain't supposed to go see Self want to do things that know gonna get them in trouble with God. See, when you please yourself, the devil happens. Right. Right.
2: You know, when you talk about the beginning of, if any man, and uh, when you look at this, if any man would come after me. Mm. that's the first part. If any man would come after me, because one of the biggest quiz, uh, uh I, I guess, issues that we run into with with people that are unsaved is that when you say, "If any man would come after me," first question is their mind is, "Why? Why should I come after you?" You know what what what's the benefit for me for coming after you you know because jesus is stating that if any man (laughs) is going to come after me all right one of the things that he has to do and and notice how he says the first thing he must do uh he has to deny himself
1: it ain't easy not to
2: make. No, no, it ain't easy. It ain't easy because we've been taught and you and, and, and you can even take it to school. We've we've been taught uh even even when we was in school, one of the things the teachers used to always ask us all the time, what we want to be when we uh, when we grow up. You know? And and it's like uh I wanna be a you know, they they ask the question. Well Jenny, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a fireman. You know, everybody at a young age has these uh, dreams of wanting to be a, uh, whatever that is that they desire. You know, if they they like being uh, like a police officer, well, as a little child, you had these dreams that that's what you wanted to be. And so you begin to put all of these things in, in your mind, right there, that sort of builds a, a, a foundation to where now it puts us in a uh, situation or puts us in a position mentally that that's what I'm going to strive after because that's what I want to be. So, if I want to be that, I will need to do everything I need to do to start preparing myself for that. So now, these desires that we have, and these uh, dreams of becoming a, a fireman or a police officer—that's what we pursue, you know. And and, and get, there's nothing wrong with being those those professions. There are beneficial to uh, society, you know, because you're helping people in some type of way, you know, whether it's a doctor, lawyer, or a police officer, fire. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with those things. So if, if that's their desire, there's nothing wrong with it. The problem comes when those things like that, and, and, and let me let me back up a little bit. you got some people, their, their main goal is to be a professional uh, basketball player, a mm-hmm. professional football player, or a professional singer, right. or whatever it is. All right? Those are desires and ambitions that people have. And the problem with those things is that those things could be a hindrance in your decision-making of whether you follow Christ or not. Because those things there, people will say, okay, well, if I decide to follow Christ then I can't do what I want to do because I have to put so much time in with it. uh, and, and, you, and you look at it, even Jesus, when he started calling the disciples, you know, he's walking and he's calling each disciple, he's he walking and he said two words when he when he called them. He said, follow me. That's all he said. Follow me. So whatever their occupation was or whatever they was doing,
1: they gave it up. To follow him. So they they are actually wonderful examples of denying yourself. Wonderful examples, yeah. But what people don't understand also is that following Jesus comes at a cost. It does. That first cost is the denial part. Right. So I said, well, how is that a cost? Again, self has been used to doing what
2: self wanted to do. Yeah. And now you gotta say no to self.
1: Right. Now self got to be told no. Like a little baby. Well, why can't I do this? Because we don't do
0: this no more. This is not what we do. It's true. Thank you for joining us in the first part of this series on denying yourself. As always, we hope something has been shared to help you along the way. Stay tuned for part two of this series on taking up your cross and following Jesus.